yes, very exciting. We're going to go from A to Z with AB, Antron Brown, who has just embarked on a journey uh, to go from, we already know he's one of the greatest uh, drivers and personalities in the National Hot Rod Association, but has uh, gone out on his own as a team owner and starting AB Motorsports here in 2022. They'll be hitting the track. Uh, and Antron joins us now. And it looks like they got a little action going on there. Uh, for those that don't follow Antron on social media, you need to because he's bringing his audience behind the scenes uh, every day. Something new happening at the shop. What's up, Antron? How are you? Uh, you're on mute, Antron. Oh, I'm yeah, muted. I mute myself. There we go. I was muted. I was go. muted. We're in the shop and we are nonstop today, nonstop for sure. You can even see the, the worker bees behind me right now. You know, we're all at our little cubicle desk and uh, we're trying to make it happen. This is the start right now. And uh, we have a lot of things going on. I wish I had like eight of me to pull me apart so we can get it done. But, uh, but I got some great people, so I can what? take a break and have some fun here and talk about it a little bit. Welcome, to, welcome to the world of the entrepreneurs. Yes, yes, yes. Francois, it's always good seeing you. Good man, to see seeing you in Pomona. You snuck up behind me, man. You got me, man. I'll tell oh. you, you got to be careful about Francois, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to hear about your story, Antron. Thank you. It's been a long time coming for sure, but uh, it's here now, and now it's time to uh, get it together because the first race of the year is right, right around the corner for sure. Yeah. Certainly, certainly. All right, G Judy and Francisque have uh, abandoned us, Antron. It's just you and me and the rest of the audience out there around the world. And uh, Antron, you've always been so gracious to join me on my WFO radio podcast for, for many years, but that's kind of an NHRA drag racing insider kind of thing, right? We talk after your wins. Uh, you've won 66 races, three championships. I, I've been around for many of them, uh, but this is a different audience, right? We've got people, fans of sports cars in around the world, FIA, people in Australia getting ready for the Bathurst 1000, checking in, watching Antron Brown. We're going to talk a little NHRA drag racing. So we're going to kind of open it up a little bit. Uh, also asking people out there for your questions for Antron, put them in the chat section and we'll go A to Z with AB. Uh, but Antron, you are a team owner now. How is it different? And you know, you're, you're the face, you're signing the checks, everybody's joking with you about added stress and intensity, but I imagine that it's, it's there. Uh, you know, you, you, can't, you can't fail at this. How is that reality hitting you? Oh man, it's just like, you, you have all that weight that you feel like you have on your back and everything else. But Joe, like we were just talking just a little earlier is that I've been very fortunate for the people that are part of here of ABM, like we're all family here and we got one another's back. So I, I know for sure that I have the right people. I have nothing but the best people. And that's the, that's the start. That's the foundation to anything that you want to, whatever kind of place you want to build. We're, we're trying to build a single family house right now, but we're going to grow it to where it becomes a duplex and maybe into like a skyscraper one day but you have to start off with a sturdy foundation base. And I have that with the great people that I have. And some of them are sitting right behind me right now. And uh, the other ones are out in the shop getting busy on the race cars or working out there on them. And uh, it's, 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 been, uh, it's been a good time. It's been a, a lot of work, but it's been very rewarding already just to see where we come from to where we're at right now. 
Who gets to share the office with Antron? Uh, well, right behind me, that's my wife, Billy Joe. Hey, that's Billy the real Joe. boss. You yeah. see that, right? All right. <laughs> and you, so you get to share Mason. the office with. You got Terminator back there. You see, he turns his head around. He turns his head around. Look at that. Look, look oh, at that. there he is. <laughs> there he is. All right. This is an inside and, show now. No. Yes, and then the other office over here, you got Ty. You got Ted Yerzik, who's who's full time, full bore, and then uh, and that's all the people that are here. And we just got to make sure. Look, Ty is going to walk right behind us right now. Ty, okay. see? Oh, there we go. There we go. There we go. Big fan of Formula One, by the way, Ted Yerzik, who. Uh, He's jealous of me about my tickets for the Miami Grand Prix. Uh, he could purchase them if he would like. But anyway, all right, Antron, <laughs> we got we got limited time. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, past, present, future. You got to this point because of a, a tenacity that you had starting out in pro stock motorcycle. But your, your dad raced, your uncle raced, you grew up drag racing. You watched Garlitz go over backwards in English town and it lit a spark inside you that you made it your life your career and and now your uh your future profession that hopefully will go on beyond your driving career right like ab motorsports talk about you know drag racing and and why why it connected with you so much uh drag racing is you know to be honest with you and the crazy part when i was a kid and i said like my dad and uncle bought me to a racetrack. It wasn't like my first love. You know what I mean? It's one of the sports that uh, when I was a kid, it grew on me because I was around it because I didn't understand it at first. You got to remember my, my family, we weren't professional racers. We were in a bracket racing category. And to understand how you have to run all these different like stock F, E, D, J, B, and X, Y, Z classes, and you yep. have to understand you can, you can run faster, but you can't break out underneath the index this much and that much. And it's a it's a brain teaser till you get older, you understand it. And then I was brought to my first national event where we saw the professional rank classes where they raced heads up, like you were just talking about in 86. And I saw it and I always saw it on TV, like Diamond P, like Diamond P with Ed McEwen announcing and stuff like that. I mean, I was just like, oh. Look how fast they go, like, oh, wow. And then I saw them in person and TV didn't know justice. No, and then when I, when I saw close. it, not absolutely. And when I got there and I saw it in person, it was the first thing in life that I've ever been to that reached out and touched me. It like, like the noise from them just starting up, it was like, boom, 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 just touching you, like, like making your heart pound. And then when he stepped on the gas at the start line, it just like shivered your whole body went like that. And your hair stood up on your arms and you're like, the goosebumps came out. You're like, Lord, what just happened? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it was like all those special effects hitting you all at once. And, and that's when I fell in love with the sport. I fell in love with it. And from then on, I was like, how can I get there? And, and, and that's when the dream started for me. And uh, you, you had other options. Uh, you were uh, an athlete, a sprinter. You went to Olympic trials, very quick uh, on your feet. But uh, pro stock motorcycles, right? And a connection to another professional athlete, Troy Vincent, got involved in pro stock motorcycle racing. Troy Vincent was drafted by the Miami Dolphins. Uh, you spent time in South Florida with Daryl Gwynn, another legend that is known internationally yes. in drag racing. And he really, um, he had some, 
he had he molded you somehow. Tell us how. Well, DG, you know, he's just got that charismatic smile. You know what I mean? And anybody that has never met Daryl Glenn, he he's a true, just a true angel, man. And uh, and if you ever knew him, like you know, I mean, Daryl's been through so much in his life when he had that that horrific accident that left him paralyzed. You know what I mean? From like literally from the chest down, like he could operate his arms and, and does his wheelchair and he talks, and he still comes out to a lot of races. DG at the time, I never forget when I first started racing pro stock motorcycle, he came to me, he goes, the first time he met me. And after I was like raced my first race at Gainesville, Florida, and he goes, you should be racing a fuel car. You should be in like funny car. You should be racing like, like, and like, you know, when you see somebody from the outside looking in and they're looking in and they see the potential and they see what an individual has, but that individual has no clue what they're even capable of. And I was that individual. I had no idea like what I could do or well, I was just happy to be out there. You know what I mean? I was smiling from ear to ear. And, but Daryl talked to me constantly every time I talked to him, that's what he always brought up. And that's all he talked about. And he goes, he used to tease Mike Dunn all the time. That's when Mike Dunn was driving for him. And he, he told Mike Dunn, he goes, Mike Dunn, this is your replacement. This is your replacement. You better, you better ship up. This boy can cut a light. He's going to take your job. And I was always just like, you know, it was just always the ongoing joke. And, and me and Mike got along really, really well. I mean, we got along well. And, and, uh, and from then on in, I just kept going out there just racing bikes. And then Daryl always stopped by. Hey you should be racing a fuel car. And that's what he, he just dropped those tidbits all the time. And he always encouraged me and pushed me. And then when I finally took that leap and I got in the car and I raced for David Powers and Lee Beer was a crew chief. And we went out there our first race and we qualified number one. I was 16 laps down the track in a top fuel car and got my top fuel license and then I went to Pomona for our first race and we qualified number one in our fourth race in. We won it as a team under David Powers Racing with all the great guys that we had. And I never forget getting that phone call from DG. And he goes, what did I tell you? What did I tell you? And he looked at me, I go, I didn't know D. He goes, I only been telling it to you AB for over 10 years. It took you 10 years to listen. Wow. Well, and, and I, I think that's a great foundational story. You mentioned Lee Beard, who was also an international drag racing hall of famer recently inducted. And uh, you've had some great people around you, but then let's fast forward now to your time with Don Schumacher racing, which is, um, you know, you became a three-time champion. You won 66 races and there's someone who I think has showed the way to so many, we spoke with Ron Caps yesterday, showed the way of, uh, and in, in many ways carried the sport into its new and modern era from, you know, single car teams and two car teams. At one point they had eight, eight teams out there and really the marketing side, the, the press uh, and media relations side, like you got to see the highest level drag racing team that has ever existed kind of grow, uh, you know, prior to you coming on to Tony Schumacher was the guy there and then you came on and you won three championships. Tony Schumacher has said he's the winningest top fuel racer that, you know, he enabled his own assassin in many ways. Um, talk about your time at Don Schumacher racing and now how it has informed you for this move now. 
Well, the, the thing about us being here at Don Schumacher, I was very fortunate and blessed. You know what I mean? And it, it started, it's like you said, from David Powers, and it went forward over to Mike Ashley Racing. Yes, Mike, got to credit to, Mike. Yeah, Mike, Mike is the one that really assembled all of us together. He bought the best of the best people together back then. And uh, with Brian Karate, Mark Oswald, and then they joined Brad Mason and myself because we were the last of the regime from David Powers. And we kind of all came together like that nucleus. And uh, and we came over here to Don Schumacher. They had all the parts and pieces. And Don was just very instrumental of just giving you what you need to win, plain and simple. He was a, he was a straightforward guy where he goes, hey, I'm going to give you everything that you need to win. It's up to you. No excuses. Just get the job done. Put your head into it. Put your head down. Work, and and that's what he's built. He's built an infrastructure here that is so strong where he makes all these parts and pieces now and everything else. It's just having the right people. But he's enabled people like Caps and myself to do different things. And and for me, this has always been in the back of my mind forever. Is that what legacy are you going to leave behind? You know what I mean? And DSR, Don is always push people and say, hey, if you want to make your own way, do it. Get after it. He never stops or knocks a person from trying to build and go their own way. But he wants to make sure that you're able to do it and that you're fit to do it. But at the end of the day is that I owe him a lot for all these years that I've been racing here for him to help me be where I'm at today, you know, and surround me by the right people with all the, not just through him, but his people that he had around him, all the front office staff from Mike Lewis and all the people up here in the front office, Haley, Will Truitt, that used to be here, the Mike Greens that ran this organization that was here, all those people up there, uh, they've really made this culture here. And, and I was here from when it was, Pro stock motorcycle, always pro stock motorcycles here. And there were literally Tony and one funny car. And it was two pro stock bikes till it built in where all the pro stock cars, top fuel cars, funny cars to the mega empire that it that it that it is. And it's really helped this sport reach so many different levels. And look at Don. He's in every Hall of Fame you can talk about. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it just tells you what the guy is made of and what he's brought to the sport, what he's done in the business world, what he bought over here in the drag racing. He's still here. He still loves it. He's still going to have some teens and is he's got the opening to bring up some new, some new people into our sport and help develop them. And Tony's coming back the champ uh, driving next year, full time. So it's a lot of stuff happening. It's a lot of stuff going on. What's your Tony Stewart starting up their new teams, bringing new fresh meat over to the sport from the NASCAR arena. <laughs> Yes. There's, there's, there's a lot of stuff happening. You know what I mean? Which are Justin Ashley, Dustin Davis's racing that's out here. Well, Josh and, and, well, and exactly. We're experiencing a, maybe a renaissance in the sport of drag racing. And I, I think about, we saw Mario Andretti on with Linda Vaughn the other day, and Mario was talking about Enzo Ferrari. And I think about Enzo Ferrari and his time and what he did. And uh, honestly, I think of a Don Schumacher and there are parallels, right? Like, you know, no excuses, get it done. We're giving you what you need and an icon in his sport. But now it's almost as if like, hey, little bird, kick you out of the nest and it's time to fly. 
as your own team. So let's talk about that. Sponsor, give us the facts, Antron. You're running out of the same like shop as I understand it, but just give us the facts of the team as we sit right now. Yeah, so let's start off the facts of the team because everybody wants to know and everybody, like, you know, even on the social media world, they, they don't understand the whole process of what it is. And uh, for me, this has been over a three-year process for me to get to where I'm at. You know, we were supposed to do it earlier, but COVID, of course, slowed everything down like always. And like it did, everything in this whole world has stopped, right? So for us, we actually rent space here just like Bob Tasca does. Bob Tasca is his own end of the building of another side of the shop. The shop's a big V-shape. So Bob Tasca will be over here. We call the North Wing. I'm over here because the building's an L-shape. I'm on the East Wing. So we're down here to ourselves. And basically, we're closed off from the rest of the main shop where all the other race vehicle is. And Paul Lee rents a section down in this part is, of the building. And we have hospitality that has the other section of the building. And we have a section of the building where total square footage, like all with the with the easeway, like, you know, the right of way, if you count all that, we're looking at, we have a shop that's probably close to, we're rating that's close to about 8,000 square feet. So I can fit pretty much three semi trucks in here and have a pit space on the side of one semi truck, like we do at the racetrack. And then of course you see the offices that, that we're sitting in here, we have two offices and we have a parts room that we store all of our parts in and we have a rack out there by where we work at to store all of our stuff. So we, we rent and lease here at DSR and, uh, and we're at the end where we actually have our own part of a building where this is AB Motorsports. I'm just like, you know, Don's a landlord too. So he's got real estate property. So we're able to still get most of all of our parts and pieces from DSR, where it's like a stock room, you go order and you buy stuff and you go collect your parts. And then also we have, we, we have uh, a deal for the fab shop where they actually build all of our race cars. We could take our race cars we want to get them front half, we strip them down, we take them right next door, they chop the fronts off, put front halves on them, re-engineer, like, you know, put our cars back together and we bring them back over here. Then we put them all back together to make them go to the racetrack. So we still have all the different deals that we can go and shop, get what we want, but we still do buy a lot of things from outside vendors also too. So like for, for us, it's really nice that we're opened up where we can, we can use a lot of our sponsorships. We have a lot of part and product sponsorships through like one of our good partners, Hanks the first is one of our big sponsors that people knew for years that do the coolant metal working yes. solutions. And we're also have a partner in race winning brands where they're tied together. And we get a lot of our part and pieces from diamond trend from like victory manly. Who's all a part of that big glamor group. We get a lot of those parts and pieces like Dave from Dart and Sleeves is also connected in with Hanksifers. So we get a lot of stuff from Dart and Sleeves who came on board. So we have a lot of people that are coming in. And of course, what you see on my hat, as you told how it works, our sponsorships that we can say right now, we have some big ones to announce coming up here, coming up here very shortly at PRI show. And this winter, we have some other ones that just came aboard that we're about to announce that we locked in, but we have Maco Tools, our long partner is signed on. And we also have Toyota, who's our longtime partner that is definitely signed on with Sirius XM Radio underneath that umbrella also. And we have Hankstiffers, which I said in the past, and the other ones that I just also named too. And we have a big announcement coming up for a really big major associate sponsor that's coming up 
that's going to be that's that's huge and uh it's going to be pretty awesome and then we have an apparel uh partner that's coming on board that is that's a big apparel company that's sponsoring us that's coming on board and uh oh, there's man. a lot of stuff that's happening we got you a lot got of stuff that's it's a lot of stuff that like real partnerships like big partnerships that's going to be beneficial it's going to be pretty cool for the sport and future plans joe um, yes. i would like to add a funny car absolutely okay so see the question on the side yeah know? there's a question there you posted a video and they saw the toyota's gr super body in the background somewhere at your shop a few days ago and that caused everybody to go bonkers and so talk talk a little bit about future plans <laughs> yeah everybody's seeing it everybody's seeing the napa funny car in my picture <laughs> no napa is not there's not being a part of my race team, so we can end that. I just like let watching people just talk about all kinds of stuff and they assume different things and everything else like that. And uh, and we've been working with Toyota hardcore on our development in our engine program now to help up our engine program a little bit here and there on some different stuff that we're doing internally with some different things too. So, so it's been pretty awesome working with them and also on that new super body and helping us with our clutch stuff and everything else like that through their new TGR, yeah. you know what I mean, which is uh, T Toyota Gazoo Racing. So that's been really cool coming on board, which they're taking over where TRD used to be here in North America. So, yeah. so uh, we have that going on in here too. So that's why our stuff is kind of top secret closed in. Hey, I, I, I like it. And it's very, we are running out of time. I did want to ask you something and it sparked me yesterday. We were doing this all week and there was a, we did a seminar and I, I ended up watching it. It was about diversity in motorsports. And there was a lot of discussion about like what can be done to make motorsports more diversified and more friendly. And I, it, it occurred to me that I don't want to say NHRA drag racing doesn't have that problem um, because that would be maybe overlooking it, but it's certainly far less than any other motorsport for many, many years. In 2012, you became the first uh, North American, you know, African-American motorsports champion, right? Or auto racing champion. I mean, you had Bubba Stewart in 2006, you had Lewis in 2008, and Antron Brown in 2012. Um, so in drag racing, like diversity, we don't talk about it ever, Antron. It's not discussed because... I don't want to say it's not a thing, but I'd like to know what you think about diversity in NHRA drag racing as someone who has won three championships, 66 races, now a team owner, like the idea of being an, you know, an African-American team owner in any other motorsport would be a front page story. But in drag racing, it's a story. It's Antron. Uh, talk a little bit about that um, for this worldwide international audience where it's it's. Um, you know, it's a thing. It's still a challenge. They're working towards what we're already doing. Uh, why do you think, you know, the NHRA is what it is with diversity? I think NHRA is what it is with diversity is because this ain't something that we have to try to do. We don't try to do this. We don't try to be diverse. We don't try to have women race. We don't try to make all these things happen. We don't have to force the envelope because when you go at the grassroots level of what we do from junior dragsters, all the way through the sportsman ranks, you see every kind of color, every kind of culture out there, period. You know what I mean? I like, you know, it's, it's people don't understand. Like a lot of people push and, and they, they talk about things and stuff like that, like African-Americans, Asian-Americans and everything else. It's not about 
classifying yourself, I look at different races as different cultures. You know, we, we do different things. We got different things. That, and, and drag racing has all these cultures all in one. You know what I mean? Where you go to a drag strip, it's very accessible. Like, like you go to New Jersey, you go, like I live here in Indiana. I can drive two hours and go to probably like 15 or 20 different drag strips. Where can you do that with a circle track or a round track or a road racing course? Like, you know, they're, they're not, they're, they're not everywhere. Like we have eighth mile tracks, quarter mile tracks. We have all kinds of stuff all over the place where you go up there on a test and two night or a race night, you go there, you see every kind of culture out there, period. Yeah. You get it's what I mean? Good. And for us, it's just a matter of time. It's just like any other professional sports. There's only so many professional teams in drag racing. Okay. Like you're talking about like touring, you're talking about in each category, you're talking about 16 that you might see like almost at every race. You know what I mean? We got 25 or 30 different teams that will show up at different venues, but you have probably 12 that you'll see at every race. You get what I mean? So to get there to where you become a team owner, it took a little bit to get there. You know what I mean? But for us, you know, like look at all the women in our sport. Look, look at all the look, look at all the like you know the Spanish people, the the you know the black people. Like, I mean, everybody. You know, everybody. What I mean? everybody. You, you see it's them everybody. all there. Like, like you know what I mean. So, for me, I think our sport has always been that way. That's why it's not front page news to see it because this is how we live. This is what drag racing is right about, and it's a true american sport because it never had boundaries that you couldn't do it because you can take a grocery getter to the racetrack and go up and down the racetrack yeah. you can take your scooter you could take a street bike like i came on street bikes because that's what i could afford you know what i mean so so that's why i think makes our sport so unique and has never lost that flavor from the beginning and what i mean by that flavor is accessibility flavor is that you don't have to have a special pit pass. You're not separating people. You're not, you're letting people be able to come see how to do it. And when they be able to see and touch how to do it, they get that vision. And when they get that vision, they can see their self there. And then they start putting their self there. You know what I mean? If you can't touch something or see it, you don't know how to become it or do it. And I'm a product of what I saw back in 1986 and I walked the pitch and I was able to see, touch it and visualize myself there where I became it. And drag racing has been doing that for many years. And, and for folks out there, no, no attempt to diminish the hard work of other series. It's just what we see on a weekly basis in the NHRA. It's, um, it's just, it's great is what it is. It's great. It's something that I know others are aspiring to and they're trying to get there. But, uh, you know, Antron is a product of it. Shirley Muldown, he kicked in the door years ago. Malcolm Durham, uh, so many others it's in the 60s and 70s, uh, years and years ago. And now it's like normalized. So look to drag racing for what the future can be like. Antron, thank you so much. I see Francise. I see her duty. Uh, you, <laughs> you teased thank a bunch you. of news. You teased a bunch of news coming up. Uh, is there anything you wanted to say that you didn't get to say, A.B.? You know, I just, I just really love coming on here and being like, you know, just coming here and just watching, you know, EPAR trade every time is just like, uh, you really connect everybody together. And especially the way this world is now where we can actually reach a lot more people where a lot of people can't get out and go see things. And 
you were a heart and soul last year. Last year, through all the hard times, like you were, you were our show. You were our getting in touch and seeing each other again and actually keeping everybody's hopes up to where we can get back to this new norm now. Well, thank, thank you, Antoine. It's thank, our thank honor you. to have you on again. Absolutely. And and we also live have broadcast on racer.com. And so thank you so much, Antoine. The concept for ePart Trade is basically, in my opinion, there's a big hole in the internet. So the internet started many years ago, but there's never been an online business community for racers on the World Wide Web. The need for ePart Trade is actually quite obvious. Basically, people in the business of auto racing need a place online to hang out and get their problems solved. It's extremely simple for a buyer or for a supplier to interact on the platform. The first thing you need to do is sign in, which is free. And the second thing is when you see a product that you're interested in, all you need to do is click on request more information. If it's a company, you click on request more information. And then from there, it is forwarded directly to the buyer or to the supplier. You can go to epartrade.com, you become part of a community of businesses in racing, and it makes uh, sourcing products much easier than just on the internet or using Google. At epartrade, there is no e-commerce. It's literally a connection just like at a trade show. So now, any time of the year, a buyer could reach out to a supplier through an email. More than that, it's a place to go just to keep current every day. So it's a good place to start your workday in your racing business or in your offices of your professional race team. And you know you're current when it comes to new technology, industry news, technical papers, technical videos, all of that and more. We're not looking for a million hits per day. All we want is people who are really the volume buyers of racing products in the racing industry to be part of the little world of ePart Trade. We have racing businesses participating from around the world. So you get suppliers from around the world, you get buyers from around the world. ePart Trade really eliminates having to travel, closing down your shop. Now you have a place to showcase globally your racing product and technology. There are two types of people, racers and everyone else. Racer Magazine is for those who believe that racing is a way of life. Racer embodies the excellence that defines a sport driven by passion, courage, and ingenuity. Get one year of both Racer's print and digital edition for only $39 with instant access to our entire digital issue archive. Subscribe now at info.racer.com.